Sure. What's water? We haven't gotten any water yet. So I think of water. No, Final Fantasy would be water. Uh, why? Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> Alexa, play Crush 40. This is Insert Credit. I'm Alex Jaffe, but if I were a clone of Big Boss, I'd be Gelatinous Snake. Ooh, oh. Uh... I'm Frank Cifaldi, and if I was a clone of Big Boss, I would be a cardboard snake. Cardboard snake. Cardboard snake. I'd just be this cardboard cutout that's just ineffective and flops over if you if you touch it. I'm Tim Rogers, and if I were a clone of Big Boss, oh man! Once again, the pressure to provide the greatest answer possible has resulted <laughs> in, in no answer. I would be, uh, yeah. I don't know. A uh, snake. Just say something stupid like spaghetti sauce snake and then move on. I uh, can't do it. <laughs> uh, okay. It's too important. Got it. It's got to we'll be We'll get a back good to you. One. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, no! I'll just carry ahead and say if I were a uh, clone of Big Boss, which is a character from Metal Gear, correct? Correct. Uh huh. I would uh-huh. be Dog Snake. Why not? Sure. I don't know See, if that makes that's sense. all you gotta do, Tim. That's all you gotta do. You just dog come snake? Up. Were you just <laughs> looking at a dog when you <laughs> said that? I was not. <laughs> just thinking about dogs, just as he about does dogs sometimes. <sighs> also, I thought it would be funny to be a dog and a snake hybrid. I know that's probably not how this works, but I really don't know who Big Boss is. I have to you admit. Did. Would that uh, be like a snake with a really long body, or would that be more of a snake dog? It would be like a, like an alligator. Ah. My name is Tim Rogers, and if I were a clone of Big Boss... Uh-huh. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, would be, I would be Plastic Snake. That's who I would be, because that sounds good. Plastic sure. Snake. I hate to put you on the spot, but you did win last week's episode. I did. So I have to ask you if you'd like to ask the first question or defer it to the end of the show. Well, I, I think I can start talking about a thing I wanted to talk about, and I think it's, I don't know if it's a question or not, it's just an excuse to talk about something I want to talk about. Okay. Because that's really what these questions are. Uh, did Okay, maybe the question is, did you guys see that Ford debuted, the new Ford Bronco, this week? Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, I saw it. Did you see it, Brandon? Did you watch the commercial for it? No, I didn't watch the commercial. Ah, okay, okay, well... I mean, I first of all, I would recommend anyone watching this show or listening to this show, you could be looking at the wall while listening. That's pretty much watching the show. I would recommend you check out the 11-minute the advertisement that Ford made for their new Bronco because I was watching it, and it features a voiceover by Brian Cranston, who, as you know, if, if you've ever watched an anime from Blockbuster Video, you've heard Brian Cranston's voice. He's famous for all the animes that were at blockbuster video yeah he's also in some other stuff but uh <laughs> he was in power the, rangers mostly he was in power rangers uh he was in all the macross videos that were on the blockbuster shelf he's in a lot of those again he was in some other stuff who knows what else he was in but it's got a good voiceover by him and i was watching it on the tv in this hotel room uh i, I was watching like the countdown to it because i was believe it or not i, I like trucks does it? Does anybody know this? I like trucks. 
I'm also a big fan. Fan? I'm also a, a very interested in the, the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Yeah, there was a Bronco in that one. There was a Bronco in that, and it is credited with having killed the brand. There's not been a Ford Bronco for 25 years ever since that, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. The Ford Bronco was wiped off the face of the earth, just like Hitler's mustache. Even Michael Jordan couldn't bring it back. And I'm just watching this Ford Bronco commercial, and it's 11 minutes long. And it starts with a thesis statement where Brian Cranston's like, America has lost, or America has a complicated history with the outdoors, right? It's, it's got some sort of thesis statement to it, right? And then they present you this car, and they, they sell you the idea of the fact you can take the doors off, you can take the roof off, and they fit in like a slot in the truck trunk. Anyway, what this all builds up to is I'm, I'm literally going to buy one next year when they come out. <laughs> I've decided it's going to be the first new car that I ever buy in my life. It's somewhat affordable for the base model of it. And I'm just watching this commercial, and they do so much video game stuff in the commercial. They have all these overlays, these like graphic overlays explaining to you all the features and function of the truck. And I'm just like, man, this is the perfect video game trailer. Oh, yeah. So that's my sort of topic, is that uh, uh, they, there's this car commercial that is like a perfect blueprint for like, it feels like they learned a lot of stuff from video game trailers for yeah, this the, car commercial. The kind of trailer that I wanted to make for Gunsport, but w- was not able to because of budgetary concerns, is uh, like with a Street Fighter or something, they'll, they'll come out and they'll show you a character and they'll show you some of the things that char- character can do, and then they'll show you what that character can do against other characters and what other characters can do against them. And so you get this whole little package of uh, possibility space that you get to look at. It kind of sounds like that's what the Bronco commercial was doing, where it was like, you could do this thing, and you could do that thing. And then if you put it in this context, this is how it looks. And uh, I think that's pretty good. That That Bronco, it really looks like... It looks like they, I mean, I don't know how this is going to go for the fans of the Ford brand, but it really looks like they studied the history of Honda car designs and yeah. took took a real hard look at that and were like, yeah, there's some good stuff we could use in here. I saw some people mention that the, the Ford Bronco commercial reminded them of Death Stranding, which... Uh... I found kind of a funny topic in and of itself because there's a part of the commercial where they show this Ford Bronco going over some rocks and they show how it has these uh these like controllable these computer controlled hydraulics that you can operate by pressing a button on the stick, right? That like changes the the height of the wheels and everything. And uh they're just like showing the 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 Bronco crawling up over these really uneven rocks and this really blasted open terrain and there's a cg overlay showing you the exact wheel heights and the the height (laughs) of the vehicle off the ground and everyone was like tweeting about it being like oh it looks like it looks like death stranding and it's like well by everyone i mean the few car people that i follow on twitter who also have played death stranding right and i just remember thinking what a weird what a weird sort of like pair of touchstones to be happening at the same time but also the Ford Bronco, it does look like it's from a video game. Frank, have you it at does. least seen it? Are yeah, you looking I mean, at I, it now? I, I, mute, I muted the microphone and watched <laughs> a one and a half minute trailer. Uh, oh, yeah. Video game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's like, man, 
video games, I do believe, have taught uh, some marketing people how to sell products that aren't video games, is the sort of nebulous thing I'm thinking of here. I feel like there has to be some video game influence going on in that trailer. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, like, just think about, you know, what what is the average age of someone in a marketing department, and is it under 40? Yes, then they grew up with video games. Mm-hmm. It's weird to think about this as being a direction for the Ford brand, because, I mean, I kind of associate Ford with... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, same here. Right. Associate Ford with. <laughs> I was going to say American flags and racism, but um, this, pretty much oh, the same thing. This don't say look like that. Oh, oh. Well, I want to talk about. We're going to talk about Ford later. Is what we're okay. Gonna... <laughs> we'll talk about it over the break. Uh, question yeah, number we're two. About some Ford. What special add-ons would you include in a twelve hundred dollar fortieth anniversary collector's edition of Pac-Man? <laughs> Oh, Pac-Man. Okay. A, a, a pure gold dot. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it? $1,400? $1,200. $1,200. Oh, is this okay. a real thing? Is okay. this yeah. a real thing, Jeffy? Um, it's a thing. It's not. If it is a real thing, I'd like to hear about it. Okay. Oh, excellent. Um, excellent. This is really stupid, but it is the kind of stupid that I think would sell these things. An exact reproduction of the circuit board uh, for the arcade game. Something you actually could put in a cabinet. But, like, in a clear acrylic case, like this hideous thing that you could display or put on a wall. Yeah, oh, that's people great. that will never open it. It makes yeah. sense. So, fully functioning Pac-Man board. Circuit brand, board. But brand new, just sparkling, but with all the same part numbers and the same PCB design and everything. Uh, a reprint of that semical, seminal work of cartoon fiction, which is the Pac-Man joke book. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, not an official Namco product, but they could probably license that. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. The Pac-Man joke book? There's actually... The Pac- I own I own three of them. Right, yeah. So there's at least there's three. A couple. <laughs> can you tell us any jokes from it? You can give from me one of the uh, jokes. Give me a I'm, joke. Okay, you guys keep talking. I'm going to go find it. Okay. I remember one joke... That wasn't it. It wasn't really a joke because it's it's like a visual gag, but it it was something like that. Some parents going, I think little Johnny has been playing too much Pac Man, and uh, the the someone else is like, how can you tell? And then it shows, uh, the child lining up all of their peas in a row during dinner time so they can eat them in sequence as though they are dots. It was not. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's it terrible. Was not funny. It was, uh, but but the painful unfunniness of it reminded me. I mean, kept stuck with me for many years because I think I read that when I was a kid. So that's that's that sounds like a far side kind of visual joke. Was, were there any like words only jokes? There must have been. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see any of those. In the what meantime, about an art book showing the character designs for the four ghosts? I'd I'd look at it. I mean, it would be cool if they could commission that person who did all the, like, what if all these video game characters had bones on the inside kind of stuff? Do all those cross sections and things. The guy who did the realistic Pokemon? They should get him, too. Yeah. Didn't they give him a job working on Detective Pikachu? They did! Yeah. Well, I think he was consulted for, like, uh... Yeah. Interesting, That movie was not very good. Oh! 
That was a children's movie. Who cares? Yeah, it was a fine children's movie. It was um, not a fine yeah. children's movie. I can't find my children's movie. I can't find my three Pac-Man joke books uh, because I, I recently pulled all three of them out because uh, I was interviewed by NPR. What was it? Uh, Marketplace Morning Edition for the anniversary of Pac-Man. And I was like, hey, I'm going to tell some uh, jokes out of this book. And she liked them and she laughed. And they didn't air any of them. Oh, can you um, remember any of them? No, I can't. <laughs> what I miss? What I miss? What's in the, What's uh, in our box? Oh, uh, no, oh, nothing new has been added. We, okay. got, an art, we got an art book uh, showing the designs of the four ghosts. Uh, I think that's okay. all we put in there. Okay. Um, Iwatani has his uh, sketches and and like his his graph paper sprites. He he owns those originals, so I would reproduce those on similar paper stock. So you have like something that feels like real paper that he worked on. Um, <laughs> How about else? a lock of his hair? <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of hair on him. I've I know. Him. I know. That's why it's so valuable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't say how many of these editions, right? No. Just that they're $1,200. $1, there might be five of them. Yeah, this, there are this, 40. Okay, 40. 40. Okay. So this could be like, um, like when Kenji Ino ha- sold like, how many was it? A hundred? Maybe it was less of uh either d or enemy zero i think it was enemy zero where if you paid a certain amount he would just hand deliver it to you in a truck with i remember that yeah yeah um if it's an addition of 40 then iwatani is personally drawing a picture of pac-man in there that's good i feel feel like that would bump the price up even more from 1200 i don't know (laughs) yes uh i mean do we even have a game yet other than the pcv I think that's all we have in there so far. Okay. What is oh. what is the game? What is what is this Pac-Man collection of games? What is it for? Yeah, that's the so now we have to develop that because that doesn't right. exist. I think oh. all the modern all the modern interpretations of Pac-Man in one collection would be cool. Right, Championship Edition would be on there. Championship Edition's good. Well, I would do all the mainline Pac-Mans, right? Any of the Pac-Man games that are actually maze games. Uh, right. as much as much as I love Pac-Man 2, I don't think it fits here. So yeah, it'd be all of those. Um, and that would be like Pac and Pal, even the uh, Super Pac Man stuff like that. I, I think it's just the y- you you pack in the essence of the game design of Pac Man and everything that came from it, not the character. Yeah. So would you would we put in Pack and Roll since that no is sort of a maze, but it's okay. How about that isometric one? Uh, Pac Mania. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's uh, Pac-Man is all right. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's from the era, you know. The, it's from the eighties, and it, it is a riff on Pac-Man, and it kind of helps recontextualize uh, what makes Pac-Man work and and not work. Okay, you think that box is worth twelve hundred dollars? No, no. With the lock <laughs> of hair, it is. With the all lock right. of hair, we're close. Yeah. Oh, Moving what on. if what if his sketch of Pac-Man has his hair like taped on it? Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Question three: What are the most audacious idea thefts in video game history? Oh wow! Yeah, there's a bunch of them's idea thefts. Like, uh, for example, how uh, Zuma is Puzzle Loop just directly, and and recently, yeah. um, what was that thing that? One of one of the popcap folks was saying we honestly didn't think anyone would notice. We just found it in Mame and we're like, we could do this. So my <laughs> my favorite thing about that is uh, that came up in a Twitter thread that I was in. So they so popcap discovered Puzzle Loop in Mame, right? So David Haywood 
who's one of the MAME devs who has been forever, he he did the puzzle loop driver in MAME, which inspired PopCap to make Zuma. Zuma inspired a bunch of terrible Zuma clones in plug-and-play systems, which then David Haywood also emulated in later years. So I really like that this full circle thing happened of him supporting uh, the original and then the clones of the clone. Bringing it around. I yeah. think another extremely audacious one is 2048, which is uh, Threes. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Threes, well, I mean, but free You're to play. talking game clones here, right? Yeah. It just has to be a theft of ideas, right? Are game clones the same thing as idea theft? Yeah, it doesn't have to be a whole game. I mean, yeah. game clones are egregious and, and terrible, and they're worse than just a... I mean, the idea of stealing an idea is a nebulous concept to begin with, as ideas are more than worthless, as I have found out over the course of my 20-some years uh, attempting yeah. to be a guy who has ideas. I've, <laughs> I've learned that ideas are excruciatingly more than worthless. So it's... a uh, 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 but yeah, clones. You can keep talking about clones, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's hard to think of a an idea theft that is not audacious. I mean, the audaciousness leads me to Clone Town because otherwise, as you say, ideas are rather worthless. So, yeah, I mean, it just you know, I start thinking of things like all of the fuzzy animals that ran fast and jumped after Sonic, but it's it just at some point it's not audacious anymore. It's yeah. just a genre. Yeah, I guess yeah. game clones are, in fact, the most audacious idea theft because they're not just theft of ideas, they're, they're theft of ideas that have been actualized into a product. 2048, I believe, is the, the most audacious, boldest, worst example, I believe. Because Threes is this elegantly designed video game that was made over a painstakingly long process. There's that... Uh, uh, that article that came out after the the cloning had happened, that uh, had the designers discussing their process for tuning the the numbers. Ultimately, I read that and I thought, wow, this sure was a long design process that ended up making this game, a, a design process that's so much more than just having an idea for a puzzle game. But twenty forty eight is just like someone looked at threes and immediately just took the idea and did not bother to design on top of the idea. So threes is an example of how much design happens, like heavy lifting design happens after the initial idea. So if anybody hasn't read that 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 email exchange, that sort of epistolary article about the, the design process of honing threes into a pleasant game to play, I think they should read that. And the fact that 2048 just looked at it, said, oh, I get it, and then made it free. It's wild. Right. Yeah. I actually I, played 2048 in light of the whole clone situation. I'd already played threes a whole bunch at that point. And uh, uh, I found 2048 to be incredulously lacking in any of the nuance or polish of threes. And the fact that I kept seeing people on the train playing it, and I never saw anyone playing threes in public, but I saw hundreds of people playing that 2048. That made me very sad. Yeah, and it's I'm real sad anew. Yeah, when I was at a uh, like a business conference thing, game B two B conference in Korea, and I got showed so many 2048 
clones that I got <laughs> tired of it. And at one point, there are these guys, feel a little bad for them because I was really not feeling it at that point. But they were like, we have this game and it's, you know, it's and it was 2048, but building towns. And I, and I was like, what is your innovation with this? Like, wh- how are you going to be different from anything else? And they're like, well, look at these towns that we put in here. Nobody else has that. And I was like, there are already <laughs> five, ten, I don't know, five games I can think of that do that. And they're like, really? It it was just with people that look at a design idea and then are like, I'll also make one of those the exact same way. And I'll add one thing like the, the likelihood that they're going to the one thing they come up with is going to be any good or different is, is very slim. I actually think uh, I want to amend my answer. The most audacious idea theft in video game history is Fortnite. Yeah. They just took player unknowns mm. battlegrounds. They saw it. They slapped that battle royale mode together because nobody was playing their zombie game, their dumb tower defense build stuff, zombie defense game. And, uh, man, it was called Fortnite Battle Royale. Now it's just called Fortnite. That's audacious. I wanted to talk about Yeti Town. Can I, can I have one minute? You can have one minute. Okay. Yeti Town. Uh, I remember Yeti Town. Yeah, Yeti Town was a pretty audacious one because uh, Six Waves Lolaps, <laughs> which is the name of a company. Oh yeah, Lolaps. Lolaps. Yeah, oh, I forgot about Lolaps. Lolaps. They every every time we mentioned them in the Gamma Sutra chat, I had to post a picture of a clown. Like, yeah, it just had to happen. Yeah, uh, they they took basically Spry Fox pitched Triple Town to Six Waves. Six Waves passed on it and then used the game code like actual bits of code are the same. Oh, my God. In Ugh. their ripoff that they made called Yeti Town, which came out like immediately after Triple Town was finished. Well, that's and, just straight up plagiarism. Yeah, it's just stealing. Um, So like maybe that's a slightly different thing, but I had to mention Man, it Triple it was, Town's good. It was so audacious. OK, yeah. next question. Uh-huh. Why are people so mad that the new Paper Mario doesn't have experience points? Um, because the one that they played uh, when they were a kid has experience points in it, and therefore is sacred. You know, when the first Paper Mario game came out, and I played it on my Nintendo 64, I, I mean, I was a big-time, full-time diaper-wearing RPG fan, right? I wore my diapers in the house because I was that big on sitting in front of the TV, figuratively, playing RPGs. And I remember, you know, there's nothing I loved more than getting experience points, right? So it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful thing. It was delicious. They were, I loved them. And I played that Paper Mario, that very first one. And the numbers, my friend, they were so small. I love those tiny numbers. Did anybody else play this Paper Mario? Yeah. You, you, you do, like, one damage with your first weapon, and the enemy has, like, three hit points. Or whatever. A critical hit is three. Uh, a strong hit is two. Uh, a weak hit is one. Like Everything's just based on these tiny numbers. Actually, I don't know if it was one, two, and three. It was like two, three, and six. Uh, it was football numbers. It was very, very little integers. Football integers, right? And I respected that small core of it. And this new Paper Mario, I believe, uh, rather than experience points, they use coins, which you use to purchase... I've I've only looked at the trailer of it. I, I'm not 100% sure. But I believe you use coins to purchase one-time use items and, uh, like, support from 
allies during battles, and the battles are somewhat puzzly in nature. So coins have uh, replaced experience points. If not replaced, they've like superseded and transcended them. And I think that's uh, very much to the mission statement of Paper Mario in so much as I have perceived it for the last 20 years, which is that it is it seeks to minimalize, to minimize RPG nonsense in a game. Uh, you know, experience points are just one form of currency in a game, a currency which purchases level upgrades. I mean, why not have just the currency currency be something that purchases battle proficiency? I don't know, man. Is that how it works in this game? I believe it is. Uh, I, I, I saw some coin numbers in a screenshot, and it was just kind of egregiously high. It was like in the thousands. Whereas in Paper Mario, the Paper Marios I've played, I, I recall walking around with like 50 coins in your pocket uh, and thinking you were rich. And now it's just, there's thousands of them. Something doesn't add up. I'm, I'm sure that coins are used as some sort of overarching experience replacement. So, I, so as p- so- someone who has very little awareness of this, I didn't even know there was a new, I have to admit, I didn't know there was a new Paper Mario coming around. Well, this oh, wait, puts maybe you in a, in a better position to answer the question than me, probably. I, so. I feel like <laughs> I have, I have thought about, having a singular currency system and currency meaning not just like buying things but like the thing that you get that increases whatever you need in that world and it's really hard to to do that i was really struggling with it for this uh rpg that we're making and i wound up being like i don't have i don't have the time or the resources to figure out how to make a single currency system work in this world it's just so much easier to do it with multiples and so if if nintendo does wind up doing it like i feel like they're the the folks that could actually do that i think it's really interesting to think about a game that doesn't have experience points um that, like we were talking about fair rune last time that that doesn't show experience or damage it's all well i guess it does show a little bit of it but it doesn't have to i think that kind of stuff is cool and could be the future but it requires like i said a lot of time and a lot of resources and i don't know if anyone but nintendo could really do that right now maybe someone could someone should i think if anybody can do it it's the designers of the paper mario series so so that's all i know Maybe I should get that new Paper Mario. I love to support the idea of there being a big, giant RPG on my Nintendo Switch. Should I get it? My Nintendo Switch is eight feet away from here. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, just do it. Just play it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, on this hotel Wi-Fi, in case anybody missed uh, the the news, I'm I'm trapped in a hotel room right now. This hotel Wi-Fi will allow me to play the game probably four or five days from now. <laughs> so, like, uh, I'll be able to download it in four or five days. You're really going to appreciate it by the time it gets there. Yeah, right? yeah I'm, I'm gonna be so gonna thankful to be rubbing playing my the hands together, licking my yeah. lips as it yeah. downloads. My How much experience be... points do you think you'll gain in real life while it downloads? I don't know. <laughs> Thousands. Thousands. How many experience points do you think you accrue per day? That's a good question. How many experience points do I have right now? Yeah, think, what level are you? I think my number of experience points 
per day has reduced dramatically during this pandemic, what we got going on. Oh, I feel the opposite. Well, but you actually go <laughs> I'm out. I'm tough. You, you go out and, and drive places. You, oh, sure, you sure, sure. You drive to the office, which I think. Okay, when you think of it that way. Yeah, okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. Like, I've read a lot of books. All I can experience is the stuff inside of my house. <laughs> I feel. Oh! Yeah, I think that's a question of itself for another time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how would you make an indie game to quickly cash in on the everything is cake meme? Oh, God. I hate that meme everything so is much, what? and I also hate the stupid spaceman meme. If I never see them again, it'll be too I soon. love not knowing what memes are. Yeah. There's a meme going on about, there's like a video where someone cuts into everyday objects to reveal that they're actually oh, cake. So, so I've heard of the cake. But uh, I'm following the wrong people because I'm just seeing it constantly and I'm seeing brands do it. And it's just uh, it's it's so stupid. But if you're seeing brands, you're following the wrong people. Yeah, Yeah, your problem is you're leaving brand on. (laughs) That's right. Uh, You got to turn brand off. So I've got a friend who doesn't know about video games, but he played Katamari and he was like, that game's pretty cool. And so he he's an he's an artist and he came up with this idea for if how you would like cut into worlds and there would be recursive worlds within those worlds and you would just keep cutting into them and seeing the layers of it. He didn't have a game idea, but he just wanted to do that. And uh, this wouldn't be a quick cash grab, but I have thought of that idea of cutting into worlds and then seeing smaller worlds within there. And just kind of having that be an experience um, to interact with. I guess that Gnog game is a little bit like that, right? Something sort of kind of, you don't cut into stuff, but you you just get deeper into a diorama. Um, anyway, that doesn't answer the question, but that's what <laughs> it made me think of. <laughs> so it's going to have to be overt. You know what I mean? It can't be something like cutting into a cake. You know, we... We can't just be like, oh, what are game mechanics that make you think about objects differently? It's not that. Like, if we're cashing in yeah. on the cake thing, it has to be a game about cutting into things and it's cake inside. Yeah, I do think the the folks that would be best positioned to capitalize on this meme are not indie devs, but, like, yeah. going back to Fortnite, if Fortnite. you just yeah. put a bunch of cake building mm-hmm. materials and let people cut into it, and then they'll go, lol, for five no, minutes. No, here's... here's- then- Here's the, the the correct answer. I've now I just looked up cake on Twitter and read a couple of read the top tweets. Uh, yeah. I think I'm I think I'm prepared to answer the question. Uh, <laughs> after about one minute of scrolling down, I'm prepared okay. to answer the question. The answer is uh, Fortnite announces a cake event where every time you shoot somebody, they blow up into into jibs. We all know what jibs are, right? They blow, yes. they blow up into jibs that are just. Reveal that the characters are just cake inside. Um, I I don't know what a jib is. Uh, jibs are when you shoot somebody in an FPS and they blow up into a bunch of pieces. Got it. They okay. get they get jibbed. All yeah, I know bits. is that I like the cut of yours. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people uh, might pronounce chocolate. it gibbs, right? Because it's spelled with a G, but I believe it's pronounced gibbs, like jibs. Well, was it invented by the Jif guy? Uh, I think I, so. I do think it's yeah. jibs, but I don't know what gave me that impression. I do believe um, it's jibs. And I believe Cake your jibs, answer is it. just... Is the, I don't think it gets more correct than that, except that we're no longer an indie dev. Yeah, so for yeah, an, indie dev, an indie dev, I think you'd make like a a low-poly thing with 
tweet uh, mm-hmm. dialogue, and the whole idea is that you have to cut, you have to cut into cakes to solve various problems. It's just like the answer to every problem is somehow cutting into a cake, like hold down. But I'm trying to make it more crass. I actually like hold down quite a bit, but I'm I'm, yeah, I'm turning it all down. crass in my mind. Uh, wait, I didn't mean hold down. I meant uh, donut county. Sorry, hmm. donut county. Ah, uh, donut county. Which I which I do like also. I also like Hold Down. It's a totally different game. Is the sequel to Donut County going to be called Donut Country? <laughs> it should we'll be. Ruminate on that for later. We'll get yeah. We'll get we'll back to that, that later. The prequel is Donut City. Um, donut Kong Country. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> of course. I think it, I think it's a dating sim. I think it's an indie dating sim, and uh, when you have uh, romanticized your partner, you get to cut them in their cake. Uh, and they like it it's good it's good in this world to be cut open and and exposed that also sounds like my twitter feed if i'm honest uh (laughs) there's a lot of a lot of people that are just horny for anything that's what i'm saying yeah uh, i mean indie game players uh are horny for anything gotta say i just cannot identify with that sounds like you need to unfollow everyone except john carmack on twitter (laughs) john carmack is the one guy you can trust to not tweet about the cake meme. Let's see. Well, probably he wouldn't. John Carmack's most recent tweet. Looking at a giant brick of a computer DC power supply, I wonder what computation done directly with line AC voltage would look like. Steampunk yeah. plus plus. There you go. It didn't say, Maybe I wonder just... if I cut it open and it's cake. He had an opportunity <laughs> to talk about cutting his computer power brick open and seeing if it was cake and he didn't do it. Good for him. So there you go. That's integrity. Yeah, good work, John Carmack. He, he did mention steampunk, though, which is another that is, thing that. Hey, at least he didn't of. mention cake punk. Okay. Oh man! All right, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Ford Bronco, but we'll be right back after this break. Podcasts suck. Welcome back. Welcome back to Daddy's Bingo. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for our Patreon question. If Uh-oh. you'd like to submit a Patreon question to the show, you can go to patreon.com slash insert credit, subscribe at any level, and you can get episodes a day early and pick forum colors for our special message board. And you can submit questions like John did this week. Forum colors? Yeah. I picked okay. teal. All right, yeah, that's a good one. We got yeah. mint, we got pink, we got orange. I I think I'm gonna vouch for teal. Right. John asks: In 2007, IGN had a buy Zach and Wiki campaign that encouraged their readers to buy the Wii game Zach and Wiki: Quest for Barbados Treasure. Wow! If, if you had been in charge of IGN in 2007, what video game would you have campaigned for your readers to buy? Well, not Zach and Wiki. 2007 specifically zach and wiki was uh i played a couple minutes of that it was okay um if you only played a couple minutes of it yeah it's okay yeah frank you had a problem with that game <laughs> yeah, I, remember. I played about four hours of it and became very not okay very quickly what was not it okay about nice. it in brief the the brief version is that it it's checkpoint system uh is very bad in in terms of where the checkpoints are in these mini challenges and I had to play the same 
like five to ten minute segment uh about 12 times even though i it's just like you know go over here and touch this thing you, you know what i mean it's like a very linear amount of things you do it just made me do them over and over again because it then just immediately throws you into uh this dangerous segment where you die right away if you're not perfect yeah they put um, the difficult challenge right at the end of the the sequence yes. Yes, and uh, that that was the big problem. I had other problems, too, that I don't quite remember. I feel like people only liked it and, and uh, told their readers to buy it as a campaign because they were not trying to promote the game itself. They were promoting the idea of something like a point-and-click adventure on the Wii. That makes yeah. sense. I think, that, I think they thought that they wanted that. I think, I think for a lot of people... Uh, I'll admit, myself included, when we first played with the Wii controller, it was like, oh, I can finally point and click on a console. We should do a point and click adventure. And I think that was the first game that actually kind of tried to do that. And it was just kind of a bad adventure game. But because it was the only thing, people were really into it. So why why was so IGN had a buy it campaign just sort of cheekily because they like wanted people to buy it. They didn't make any kickback or anything from it, if I understand correctly, right? That's the insinuation here. Yes, there was. Even though they did have their logo on the box for uh, <laughs> for Okami, with another Capcom game, uh, just throwing that out there. If Wait, so the question that. is, which which game are we are we shilling? And yeah, in two thousand seven, yeah, which two thousand seven video game would we want to do the insert credit buy this game? Not Bioshock, no. no. Uh, not I mean Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare Game of the Year two thousand seven. Uh, that doesn't need our help. Mass no. Effect doesn't need our help. Assassin's Creed doesn't need our help. Duke Nukem Forever, especially. Oh, I guess that didn't actually come out. Um, but it was re-announced at that time, and we could have we could have um, tried to encourage people to buy it. How about The Witcher One? <laughs> we would look really cool if we were telling Get in people on the ground floor. The, if we were telling people to buy The Witcher One in two thousand seven, wouldn't we look well, cool? Yeah. Well, Bullet Witch came out in the U.S. in two thousand seven. Oh, hey, oh, did it? That's true. Yeah. Well, I just I played but, it in Japan. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, that game is in the insert credit canon somewhere. It is. Yeah, Bewitch. Also, speaking of the insert credit canon, John Dark came out that year. Mm. Oh, Jan like Dark one. Pack Jan and Dark. Roll, which you mentioned earlier. Pack and Roll. Uh, Persona Three also came out. Heavenly Sword. John Woo's Stranglehold, dude. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that that's game where, needs our help. Yeah, that's where I was thinking. Yeah. Man, yeah, I loved, loved Stranglehold, man. I loved it. Wait, so the same year we saw Shrek and Roll and Pack and Roll? <laughs> That's right. It, it was the year of Roll. Incredulous. I'm still going through this list. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot, a lot of, of games here. Decent ones. Puzzle Quest. I played there. a lot of games this year. Yeah, me too. I feel like this was the year I maybe played the most new games. Frank, I think you and I were both commuting at this time as well. Yeah, so we were playing a lot of DS stuff. A lot of DS. I was playing a lot of PSP up in there. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. Not Contra 4, I tell you what. Oh, Contra 4 sucked! Yeah. Man, I remember us hating on some Contra 4 just a couple weeks ago on this very show. Yeah. (laughs) We could have told people not to buy that. I don't think that's in the spirit of the question. Uh, I I actually did sort of tell people not to buy it in my review on actionbutton.net where commenters universally accused me of saying that Japanese games are better. 
Somebody <laughs> called me racist against American people in the comments on that review, and I remember that being one of the first times uh, in my life that I realized 100% for myself that it is not possible to be racist against white people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd been informed of that before by a very, uh, very uh, what do you call it, by a very intelligent person who uh, just explained it to me so clearly while I was in school. Uh, however, I, I really understood it that day, seeing that comically bad comment under my Contra 4 review. We we can get into that some other time though. Uh, well, in the meantime, I, I have the definitive answer. Yes, John Woo's to this question. No, no. What is it? Uh, tulip. Oh, oh tulip. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Buy That's tulip. it. Yeah. The buy yeah. tulip campaign. Consensus. Our next question. We, yeah. If we had yeah. done that, if we had actually had a buy tulip campaign in 2007, and tulip had been popular. Maybe Yoshiro Kimura would have said yes to me when I offered to translate Moon for him back in 2009, <laughs> yeah, instead of waiting literally 10 years to ask me to do it. It's possible. Because, because Toby Fox said it was a good idea. And we might have been sponsored by GameStop because it was a GameStop exclusive. They might be sponsoring the show right now. And then we would yeah. be as popular as Game Informer. Yeah. It's a better world. Love it. Question seven. I think our listeners are dying to know, does Deadly Premonition 2 live up to the original? Oh, man. No. So I only just got it yesterday, so I haven't gotten to play it properly yet. But uh, I'm I the do, one person here who has played it. Yeah, right? I really do appreciate that they brought back everyone's favorite naming convention of just putting the number inside of the inside of the title, which is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, de- dead, dead, to the, 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 de- dead to E premonition. I love it. Like, bring Gotta back three of three R. Show me th- uh, fifth fourth. That's yeah, what I, I want all that. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, okay. So, actually, Jaffe, give me the exact wording of the question again. Does Deadly Premonition Two live up to the original? Okay, as a video game, no. Uh, but to me, this is a proper sequel. Uh, in that it's it makes a lot of strange decisions. It it actually kind of feels like. A, a weird sequel from the NES days where it diverges from the original so much that it's kind of a different game. Like it's like a Mario two or a Castlevania two or something or a Pac-Man two or a Pac-Man two. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of the same stuff, but the, the, what it emphasizes is very different and, and kind of strange. So, and I mean, all anyone talks about with this game is the performance. Um, I don't know, you know, who was expecting like a really polished sequel to that game to be actually funded for what the original probably cost, which uh, Brandon helped me remember because you, you published Postmortem. It, it was basically funded by one company already and then picked up by another and funded again, right? There were, I believe, five cancellations. And- five cancellations. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't think they had anywhere near the amount of resources that they had for that first game. No. Um, but uh, anyway, I haven't finished the game, but it's uh, it's missing a lot of the stuff that I really liked about the first game in, in a tragic way, I would say. But it's also such a strange sequel that I like it in the way that I liked Deadly Premonition and that it made me, made me think differently. Yeah, I mean, Swery just posted a video of himself playing where he was 
skateboarding around in a in his suit, you know, and uh, and doing ollies off squirrels that are just making little squonk sounds as he runs them over. Like, I guess that's what the game is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> skateboarding over squirrels that go squonk. I, I don't know. It it seems like in the sp- it, very much in the spirit of the original, if not, you know, in the exact genre almost yeah well what was to me magic about the original was that it tricked me into believing that these were like real people on a schedule yeah and even though i knew this wasn't the case there was a part of my brain that thought if i'm just in the right place at the right time i'm gonna catch this killer and solve this case because they're all doing stuff and i can look at them whenever i want yeah um i can stop them and talk to them whenever i want you know like they they drive to the store get out of the car go in the store and you could talk to them at any point and it's different every day that stuff is just not in here or at least not nearly as much Mm. um although i did find at the beginning of the game um one character walking around that was showing up on my radar and i was like ooh, and i tried to follow her and then she phased through a fence into an area I couldn't get into. <laughs> Classic. I was just going to say I've perceived that the game is uh, is broken in a lot of in a lot of ways that are not charming. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've decided I'll just wait for there to be a PC version that maybe fixes one of the. They're going to do problems. some fixing in there. I think it's it's yeah. really hard to with a game like Deadly Premonition, who which rather. Um, relied so much on surprising people and being this like charming thing that you knew a lot of people didn't like, but had a lot of good and heart in it. It's, it's hard to sequelize that. I mean, I guess this is a prequel, but regardless, it's hard to, you can't recapture surprise once people are kind of expecting a certain thing, you know? So it's, uh, it would have been a challenge no matter what. Yeah, I mean, some of the goofiness does surprise me still. Okay. And, and, yeah, I don't think I can explain that without spoiling things for you, Brandon. But um, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to have an opinion on this game because I feel like no matter what this game is, I have to play it. Same. So I don't know that I can really be... I don't know. I I don't feel like I can be objective or subjective about this game. It's just it's to me it's an obligation. It's something that I have to do for myself. Yeah. Deadly Premonition is weirdly kind of like a personal experience or a personal it it almost feels like an achievement I think for both me and Frank just I I feel like we're personally invested in the property because we both championed it a lot. Yeah. It was like this scrappy underdog that we fought for and it's hard to <laughs> It's hard, like if if the new game is bad, it's still like right. You wow, still have to support it because yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I we gotta get credit here, yeah. Brandon and me. We were into it when it was rainy woods. Yeah, you deserve yeah. to be in the special <laughs> thanks section. Here's our next question: Do you have any free ideas for themed video game Twitter accounts that you don't have time to manage? Oh, oh, interesting. Theme. Okay. You know, kind of, because I've I've lately been going, I mean, these wouldn't last very long, but I've lately been going through a variety of dumb video game themed tweet ideas. For example, the one where I was taking games that have a number 
intrinsically in their title and and adding a plus one so like fiveza or uh rainbow seven etc another one i had was that i'm I'm still going to tweet at some point which is all the games that have last or final in them but have a sequel so it's like final fantasy 2 i'm blanking on the rest but i had or final fight 2 there's there's just tons of those then i had one more that was good but I've, i've lost it at the moment there's a twitter account called games you loved and it's basically just a Twitter account that's just like, hey, remember Sonic 3? And that's like, that's the entirety of the content. Um, Pretty good. So I kind of wanted to, well, I mean, like, but it's it's genuine, that one. You know what I mean? It's someone who's just like really into it. So I kind of wanted to do a parody bot that's just like games you recognize or something. <laughs> and, then it's, and it's just pulling Moby Games names right. and, and, and just, you know, there's flavor text like, Post your favorite memories in the comments. Um, so that, that's a bot idea. One account that I actually did for maybe a couple months, just when I was feeling strange. And I don't think I ever said it was me, though it never got popular enough to matter. I just had a, an account and a Tumblr called Video Games That Have Bears in Them. And <laughs> oh, yeah. it was just oh, screenshots, good. just screenshots and text uh, showcasing a bear being in a video game. Uh, using, actually, Tim, I don't know if you remember the. Google uh, Moby Games uh, screenshot search that I taught you. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I came up with that for video games that have bears in them, a way to find screenshots of uh, games that have bears in them by uh, having a very specific Google search that searches anything on Moby Games with that that is a screenshot page and has a caption. Oh, it's wonderful. I, I would enjoy a shovelware bot that showed me, like, a couple screens from the shovelware as well as you know the back of box text if if it was there so like i could get screens of london cab or all of the uh all those 505 games from europe um metro games etc i think that would be pretty fun for me could get like uh there, there's a game called jeep thrills you know get that in jeep there. thrills nice. yeah jeep thrills I actually thought thought of another couple ones that I've I've thought of in the past. One of them is that, especially in the early '80s, and like joke books and and even the video game magazines and like Mad Magazine, Cracked stuff like that, there are always fake video games with uh, drawings and descriptions just as jokes. Right. I could probably find like a hundred of those, um, and and just tweet those out. I think that'd be a good one. Oh, a another fake one game collection. I like that. Yeah. And then another one is uh, old celebrity profiles and what games they played, because every video game magazine in the 80s and 90s had those. Um, so I like the idea of just, you know, I like, to, I like to say, and I've said this on this podcast at some point, I'm sure, that Macaulay Culkin as a child, when interviewed, uh, said that his favorite system was the Turbo Graphics and his favorite game was Bloody Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. That. Dude's taste rules. I thought it was Splatterhouse. Oh, Splatterhouse and Bloody Wolf. Yeah. Yes. So that rules. What else What else did we miss? Everyone else was like Mario and Tetris yeah. were all of the answers, but there's probably some uh, older celebrities that maybe were secretly cool, like yeah. Macaulay. What are some video game bots that are good? Like, what are oh, the ones we I like, like? I like the PC-98 bot. PC-98 like the... bot is legendary, yeah. Yeah, Love that I like one. that. I like... Um... Oh man, there's another real good one that I was following recently. But it, in in the meantime, another one I would like to see 
potentially is it frank you reminded me with your fake video game thing is um all the clarissa explains it all video games that she made in the fiction of that show there's ah. like a tumblr for it but i would love to just have those rotate through yeah i can just repeat stuff yeah. yeah actually another good one that i haven't seen in a long time so maybe it shut itself down was uh, there was an account that just tweeted the art and description for every item in the Katamari Damashii games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I, like I remember that one. that one. That was a good one. Another good one that I've enjoyed is the Game Gear bot that's in Japan. I don't remember what it's called exactly, but they tweet either... Oh, yeah. It's called Game Gear bot yeah, or Game GG Gear bot. bot. Yeah, screens, and now they've started with videos and GIFs as well. They've actually evolved and started posting more stuff and commercials. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty enjoyable. I like that one. Yeah, that one's good. There's a Apple II crack screen spot. Pretty good. Oh yeah. I, this isn't exactly video games, but the I like the CRT bot. Um, that one. Yeah. That one shows well, a CRT lot of bot's game good. stuff on it. Yeah. That's video games enough. I'd like Archelect, but video games would be really cool. Like just screenshots that actually look visually appealing of random stuff. Yeah, and with um credits attached because yes. Archelect doesn't like to do that right. <laughs> okay um, some good ideas there if our listeners I, want to build any of those uh maybe you'll get a few follows i gotta tell you frank that uh Dev- devil's blush does that on instagram like artful nice real good instagram account good yeah he, okay he's got he or she actually i don't know i should say they have uh um multiples one one for pc engine one for 3d stuff one for other stuff it's good all right question nine here's a thinker oh a thinker if you had to divide video games across the categories of earth water fire and air what would occupy each quadrant well not heart we don't get to do heart no where's heart no. uh no heart dadgummit can't form captain planet now no um, okay, we have to divide video games into these four categories? Yes. All video games? We have to name all of them right now? You don't have to name all of them, but you have to come up with ways to distinguish them from each other. Okay. okay. Earth, wind, um, fire. And air. And, and air. Well, action games go under fire. Oh, action games are fire, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think tactics games are Earth because they're slow and you got to think about them for a while. But maybe uh huh uh huh Harvest Moon and and all those are also Earth. Mm hmm mm hmm. Uh, I'd also do uh, strategy and maybe even JRPG. Yeah, I think I'd put sports games in water for for some reason because there's like an ebb and flow and it it goes back and forth. It can get really violent or really smooth. I don't know if that's good or not. Uh huh. I'm not feeling that. No, Tim is. So here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I think Mario is Earth. Okay. Interesting. But Sonic is wind. Does that make sense? I buy Sonic being wind. So you can't just say all platformers belong in one. No, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Kaboom. But I think you can't most, do it. I could probably put most racing games in wind. Uh-huh. So wind is about speed. It was wind and not air, right? Okay. Dragon yeah. Quest is Earth, but Final Fantasy is wind. Sure. What's water? We haven't gotten any water yet. So I think of water. No, Final Fantasy would be water. Uh, why? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like slower paced than Earth is is sort of what I think with water. But but water can also be like torrential S- tsunamis and stuff. 
I guess okay. the wind needs to be involved. Water can also be cigarette boats. Yeah, that's true. You ever ride in a cigarette boat? Yeah, Miami Vice style. It's, it's the Sonic he- the Hedgehog of boats, dude. Yeah. Hmm. Man, we got to see Miami Vice last year on my birthday. Back before, back before, you know, the world was shut down. I got to see the director's cut of Miami Vice, the movie, the Michael Mann film on, uh, uh, in, on film. It was in film shot. It was a film shot on digital. There are like three film prints of it and they played it at the museum of the moving image in Queens. And I got to watch it and it was beautiful. That's a good film. On that note, I have a question. Is, is, is Michael Mann the human version of Mickey Mouse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Michael Absolutely. Mouse, Mickey Mann. You call him Mickey Mann. Uh, if you wanted I'm to. Say p- puzzle games are water, maybe, because um, they got a flow mm. to them. And once it gets to the top, it's like almost a drowning feeling. You know, you're like. Yeah, that's true. Kind of underwater there. I think. I think I'm good with that. Most like better than a water game. Yeah, that's good. What about mobas? Are those fire? The kids might say so. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. No I, no. I mean, are we classifying would... directly competitive games as fire? Shoot. Like I, I can't tell if you're making a joke about the way that a certain group of people refers to. No, uh, I'm not. As being cool. I'm like, oh, okay. if fighting games are fire, <laughs> then are other types of competitive games fire as well? I, I just can't help but think of like a Caucasian YouTuber kid being like, "Fighting games are so fire." Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. it, I just uh-huh. can't. I can't get it out of there. I think fighting games, as a whole, are not fire because, like, They're Guilty not. Gear probably is, but Virtua Fighter is probably more water. Virtual yeah. Fighter's water. Street Fighter is Earth. I agree. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. mm, Guilty Gear is wind. You want to talk about flow states? Water flows yeah. and wind flows, my friend. It's so true. There's there's multiple flows. There's multiple different types of flow. Virtual Fighter is water. Guilty Gear is wind. Street Fighter. Street Fighter is Earth. Yeah. What, what what's fire then? What's a uh, fire? Maybe maybe game? Marvel versus Capcom. Oh yeah, I guess that would be the fire of fighting just, games, huh? It's just King uh, of Fighters yeah. is fire. King yeah, of King Fighters is fire all sure. the way. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's true. Samurai Showdown feels Earth to me. That's definitely Earth. Sam Show. Yeah. What about Metroid? I don't call it Samurai Showdown. I, I I never was able to get into calling it Samurai Showdown. I still call it Samurai Spirits. Metroid is Earth. That's a joke. Nobody's like that. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> There's. There's nobody now, out there. If you could only play one type of video games in these arbitrary categories, which would it be? Earth, I think, for me. Well, give me fire, baby. Give me fire. Give me fuel. Give me fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think Earth. Earth's a nice balance. Yeah, I'm in yeah. Earth here. I think that's the majority here. Let's go on to question number 10. Okay. Oh, the what last is, question. Yeah, this is the last question before the lightning round. Oh, crikey. What is the horniest video game without any overtly sexual imagery? Sonic. Sonic? <laughs> Uh, Sonic. Yeah. Okay. Seen Sonic and Tails hanging out together. There's something, something going on there. Well, specifically the Sonic game where you make your own persona. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sonic incredibly horny. Sonic heroes. Yeah, Sonic horses. Oh, I know I've talked about this on the show before, but wow, that's that's what a the story in that thing. It just blows mm-hmm. my mind that that exists. I'm I'm not going to get into it again, but it's it's a. Sonic's dead. <laughs> Sonic <laughs> is dead. Everything's what different happened? now. Sonic's gone. 
so freaking weird. And then the first, the very first mission after all this stuff about Sonic being dead, they're like, actually, he's just in jail being tortured. <laughs> like, Does he get waterboarded so in that game? I guess. I don't know. Sonic getting waterboarded? Lord. Sonic forces? More like Sonic horses. Are there any horses in the game? Uh, I mean, probably. You can, you can probably be a horse. Has there ever been a Sonic horse? You know, I don't think there are horses. I don't think there are horses in the Sonic world. Because when you think of speed, right? When you think of fast animals, you think of cheetahs. Yeah. And yeah. you think of horses, right? I don't think there is a horse in Sonic at all. Yeah, well, there should be. I mean, horses are inelegant, disgusting animals. So it's it's hard to make one look like something attractive. Sonic, it, we need a horse that looks as much like a horse as Sonic looks like a hedgehog, basically. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem it. is that the 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 character design of Sonic and and therefore all the other animals. It just I don't think it looks very good if uh, it's an animal with a long face. Okay, so uh, I don't think you could see an aardvark like a like a Viva Pinata character. The only like, horse yeah. I can find in a Sonic the Hedgehog video game is a non-anthropomorphic horse that King Arthur rides in Sonic Whoa! and the Black Knight. In the Black Knight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. no. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there should... Oh, no. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Just a regular horse. Has any video game ever addressed the, uh, the, the, the divide between anthropomorphized and non-anthropomorphized animals? Oh, within, they have not. Okay, it's so like, weird. No piece of fiction ever has done that, has it? Like they've they've never like baked it in as like a theme because in Sonic you've got the little tiny rabbits that pop out of the badniks when you blow them right. up and then later you have a rabbit who's the size of Sonic who's a who's yeah. a, a a more like where's where's the what happened yeah maybe it's stuff like that that puts all the weird imaginations into the kids playing the games right I think it might be like with with Pokemon how in that world. Like you eat Pokemon and also you battle with them and they're your best friends and they're the things that you ride. They're, they're just like everything, but you eat them like they're, they're people who have like special Pokemon delicacies that they enjoy. And and it's like, I don't know, there, there's someone out there collecting slowpoke tails and, mm -hmm. and you're supposed to be mad about that. But at the same time, it's like I, I keep my slowpoke in in a in a stasis state until he can fight. That's, and that's what his life is. You know, uh, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird stuff. Yeah. The morality of Pokemon is complex. It's murky. But is Sonic really the horniest game without any sexual imagery? I mean, so if, if you mean within the universe of the game, probably yeah. not, but within outside of it, like within the, the universe that we live in, I would say definitely. Oh no, yeah. I'm I'm thinking with creative intention. Like the designers were clearly horny when they made this. Oh man, all all of them. I don't know. It's all, all games. <laughs> all games. It's it's tough without the to say without the overtness because it feels like there a lot of these folks that were clearly horny when they were making these games were unable to control themselves. Like they had to put it in there like th theoretically um golden axe for 360 yeah theoretically it doesn't have overt sexual overtones but it, it also has like in the first section of the game it just zooms in on her butt and then zooms past to show like some enemies there but it it, it like they just couldn't help themselves they couldn't help themselves so it's 
they wouldn't have said that it was overt, but it it is overt, you know. It's so right. it's real hard to real hard to put it into words, which is why I, I feel like maybe Sonic's too easy of an answer, but it 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 works for me. It feels right. Yeah. And with that, I think we should go on to our lightning round. What do you say? You sure light me up. Okay. This week's lightning round is a game I call The Wrecking Crew. In The Wrecking oh, Crew, no. I name a list of figures uh, who you would be recommending a video game for. Oh. Uh, and th- this week, we're doing Disney princesses. I'm going to name okay. a Disney princess. Oh, excellent. You're going to have to recommend a video game for them to play. Here's the rule. You can't choose games that they themselves are in or they'll have an existential crisis. Mm. Uh, Time paradox, yeah. Exactly. Uh, Number one, Snow White. Snow White! So, okay, she sings about how someday her prince will come. Uh Uh-huh. That's her motivation, right? I don't don't remember any motivation for her other than wanting a a man. Uh, So it's got to be a dating sim, right? Yeah, maybe, but she does have kind of an... Like a secret edge to her, I think. So even though it's not out, I think it might be Boyfriend Dungeon. Okay. Sure. I would say uh, Lost Planet because there's a whole lot of white in that game. Hurt my eyes back when I first played it. It would hurt my eyes even more now on the way TVs are now. She loves Snow Whiteness. Cinderella. 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 She uh, she loves to do work for other people, so it should probably be... She doesn't actually love it. But no, I, she does not love it. No, no yeah. she hates it a lot, but, actually. That's yeah, one of her it. characterizing So I guess there. the opposite of what she would like is Harvest Moon. Uh, sure. Um, I, I think she wants to feel like she is someone with money and power. So some kind of tycoon game. Probably Zoo Tycoon. I think Zoo Tycoon. Yeah, yeah she loves good. the creatures, she talks the critters. To, she talks to little rats and stuff. So yeah, and she probably wants to uh, control and exploit them. Yeah. Sleeping Beauty. SB. No Sleeping Beauty. What was her deal? Dreams. She fell uh, asleep. <laughs> I know <laughs> she's, she's asleep. Media Molecules game Dreams. Uh, like uh, to yeah. weave. <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's the definitive answer. Yeah. <laughs> or 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 Super Mario Brothers 2 Mario Madness where you're in the the kingdom of dreams and you have to wake up and you and Mario yeah. and Mario's still asleep. Little Mermaid. That's that's all I have there. Little Mermaid. All right, Little Mermaid wants to be part of their world. Yeah. It's all about being part of a world. Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. She wants to have legs and run around. Oh, that's one thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's pretty I classic. think she wants to like touch stuff right i think katamari damashi i think she's gonna like a- anything she picks up that goes in her little log she, book oh yeah right? she, likes, she she's has gonna, like some collection yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. katamari uh, bell yeah, that's a good one of beauty and the beast bell from beauty and the beast bloodborne this is the only one that i would have if it were possible recommended her own game oh yeah which one the uh the super nintendo one because you get to you get to like control beast and it actually yeah. feels pretty good to play. I feel like she would want to have control <laughs> over that situation. But anyway, it should it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that. Well, bloodborne. Um, it be bloodborne. She, she she wants to escape yeah. her little town. That's right. Right. So wait, what about um that No Man's Sky? Mm. Yeah, something like that. She wants to explore. I don't yeah, think space really... fits within her frame of reference. I think she would she would appreciate Bloodborne. That's all I'm Actually, saying. But, That's all I got. But she really likes reading, so she would also want lore. So I feel like it should be maybe an open world game. Yeah, and not. She also doesn't seem to care for. Yeah, well, people. those Soulsborne games have a lot of so, lore baked into them. 
I think I'm all right with it. I think I'm coming around. I mean, to but it. do they have lore you can read in the game, or is it they're just lore around? It's it? it's around. Next is Jasmine right. of Aladdin. Ooh, okay. uh, the Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. <laughs> <laughs> you know that actually might make her feel like she is running around in Agrabah. Yeah, which is what yeah. she wants to do. Because that's what so she I wants to do. Good. She wants to get out of the castle. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these okay. Disney princesses are just child prisoners of rich parents, huh? Yeah, yeah. Or or, or child prisoners of poor parents. Either way, right. you know, I'm starting. I'm starting to think maybe uh, Disney princesses are a little problematic. I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to think <laughs> really? that maybe being a child is like being in prison. Okay. Next one, not technically a princess, still on the list, Mulan. Okay, she wants to fight. I mean, I feel like she would be more like a Soulsborn. Yeah, right. for sure she would be. Because she, she'd be, like, hardcore about it. She would learn all the strats and get extremely good at the timings and things. Mulan? Yeah, yeah she'd be. She'd be. A ghost of sure. Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a game about Mongols invading a country and defending the country from the Mongol invasion. She might huh? She might play uh, Neo as well. I'm going to throw no, La Mulana. I think the one about... Oh, La Mulana's a good one. Yeah. I think the one about defending a country from a Mongol invasion set during a historic Mongol invasion is a little is, is the one she would want to play. Fair enough. That one's about down to business. Uh, and also, it's a hot new game. Tiana of The Princess and the Frog. Uh, Chrono Trigger. She would probably like... Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I mean, she, frog. she likes to cook, though. I think she'd like a cooking game. Uh... So I, I think she would be into Cooking Mama, personally, because she's she's deep into that cooking stuff. Or get her uh, Nintendo she, Switch data mined for bitcoins. She also likes dancing, so maybe that, uh, what's that, Princess debut? That's pretty uh, good. Okay. Uh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. I'm not familiar with her Disney uh, incarnation. Uh, she's, she's, in the, in the, she's got long hair. Tangled. Yeah, I feel like she doesn't she's, have a whole lot she's of... She's kept prisoner by her adoptive mom like princesses are i would say she's the one i know least about as a person she's a new disney princess so she's got some jokes just imagine she's got jokes okay she's got Uh, jokes (laughs) i don't know she's stuck up in that tower give give her a really long rpg i guess so yeah she needs to occupy her world of warcraft yeah oh yeah she could she could grind away and do some raids Okay, uh, our last princess is Elsa from Frozen and Frozen 2. Lost Planet. <laughs> <laughs> you like yeah, snow? Um, Lost Planet, my friend. I, I can't remember her motivation. Uh, she just wants to be alone and let things go and yeah. uh, <laughs> serve herself and make a snowman. She wants to be able to use her powers with that's freedom right. as well. That's right. That's right. Okay, so she wants to cut loose, right? So it's uh, it's got to be an action game that really feels good. Um, probably uh, Bloodborne again. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, Bujingai or one of those, as much as they don't quite do it for me, one of those uh, platinum action games like a like a Bayonetta or a... Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Uh, that's yeah, something one. like that. Yeah. Basically, okay. every uh, Disney princess should play Bayonetta, is what you're saying. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, it's what a Disney princess should be. Uh, I have a tie right now between Frank and Tim. So, for our tiebreaker, what game okay. would you recommend to Minnie Mouse? Minnie Mouse? Oh, God. Does she have a personality? Th- that's, that's what makes it a tough one. 
<laughs> I have no idea who Minnie Mouse is. Um, Minnie, Minnie Mouse is uh, is Mickey Mouse's wife. I, I feel okay. like Minnie Mouse is kind of a, a, a murderous beast deep inside, and so I would give her The Last of Us Part Two. I think she is maybe the most basic person possible. So what video game do you give to a very basic person? The Sims? Fortnite? Maybe. I think with Mickey Ma- with Minnie Mouse, you're just going to want to go with the... Whew. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. It's Dots. <laughs> oh, Dots <laughs> yeah, is a good so. one. It's that Dots game. She does like it's Dots. For, it's for basic people. She loves Dots. That's true. I think Brandon is our come from behind winner this week. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. Congratulations, Brandon. Uh, do you work, have Brandon. any recommendations or plugs for our listeners? This is a real basic one, but I finally got to watch The Mandalorian. And it is interesting to me that you can make a sci fi property in the universe of a universe that I do not care about and then create something. That while incredibly flawed, I will really enjoy, and I think yeah, the Mandalorian is a pretty it's a pretty neat thing. It like that it shows me that you know yeah you could probably still make a good Star Trek also if you really wanted to like you could yeah. you could just go ahead and do it if you uh, if you had the resources and the thinking that went into that Mandalorian like the the writing is fine the 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 stories are like. You know, okay, we're doing Seven Samurai in this episode, I see. Uh, it's it's like nothing's innovative about it, but it's got a good vibe. It's got a consistent vibe. It's got a good pace. It has good music. It looks cool. It's, and it's just, just chill as heck. It's just something you can hang out with. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate that. I also really appreciated watching the, um, the you know, in the, in the credits at the end, they always show the... I guess they're pre-production. Um, All that uh, concept ske- art stuff. Sketches and concept art. And it's neat to see how that is different from the final. And so, like, for example, when there's a, a tough mercenary lady, they drew a more shapely, like, like model style, but still tough lady in the, in the uh, concept art. And then the actual lady they got was this tough... MMA fighter who actually looks like she could be doing all the things that she can do and like that it's cool to see that there was the concept art and then the showrunners were like no we're actually going to do it even better than that yeah that's great so anyway Uh, watch that anyone else uh so I'm playing uh as discussed daily deadly premonition 2 and uh my recommendation is to play deadly premonition 1 because as I'm playing this I'm appreciating the first one a lot, uh, and yeah. I'm excited to play it again. Me too. I, I've I've been thinking ever since realizing Deadly Premonition Two was really truly coming out. Finally, yeah, I've been like, oh man, I want to play the first game. <laughs> yeah, and you can um you can get it running on the PC in 1080p and such. Uh, it still crashes a lot apparently, but um, worth it maybe. It's part of the experience. Yeah, Tim, what you got? I've been living in a hotel for three weeks. True. <laughs> I haven't been able to go outside very much. I can't really recommend any food aside from Taco Bell or Two Bros Pizza. Uh, I, I haven't been to, I haven't watched any movies uh, or TV series. I tried to watch Brandon's recommendation of the Mark DeCosco's film Drive, which is available on Amazon Prime. 
Uh, however, the Amazon Prime app kept crashing on this hotel TV, and oh, now it will not open. It crashed within one second of my pressing play on the on the movie. I was able to watch uh, one second of the opening credits, and nice. then it crashed. Such a sadness. Yeah, and now it will not launch again. Would um, you recommend that first second? No. <laughs> Uh, I, I no. cannot heartily recommend it. Um, I would like to inverse recommend the the Netflix series Unsolved Mysteries, which I watched all of. I used to like Unsolved Mysteries when I was a kid. Who knew? Um, and the Netflix show Unsolved Mysteries is, um, I don't want to say incredulously bad, because I had seen other Netflix series. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Sorry, my dog's doing something weird. Stop it. <laughs> Come over. I see what you're doing. He's he's he was about to pee on my suitcase. Now he stopped. Um, <laughs> he's, we're having trouble with uh, basically this hotel room. They make you pay if you want to have a pet in a hotel room, and I now know why. Uh, uh, never stay in a hotel, everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, never stay in a hotel. Uh, dogs don't like it in hotels. Anyway, this unsolved mystery show on Netflix. Uh, I don't like it. It is very, uh, I would say, unethically produced. And it has a lot of, it has like a big old salad bar buffet's worth of problems. And I think just the true crime genre of documentary, the streaming era has not been kind to any, anything in the true crime genre. Because, uh, I mean, I could, I could go into this. It would take me an hour. Just tr take my word for it. Okay. They, they selectively leave so much out of all of the Unsolved Mysteries episodes to make the mystery more mysterious. And then all you have to do now in the year 2020 is a quick Google search on some of the real names being used and realize that they, uh, they just slapped something together and then they cut a bunch of facts out so that you would be more intrigued. And uh, I hate it. It's the same thing Woof. they did with that Making a Murderer show exactly, on Netflix. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's, it's a problem with a lot of true crime television these days. They, yeah. They're like... They're trying to, um, like, uh, bored panda style. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> lead, lead with a crazy headline, and then it turns out there's just, like, one piece of information in there that they dance around forever. Yeah, there's, like, the very first episode has a bunch of glaring omissions that I was able to unearth by simply Googling it and seeing a Reddit thread where people were just posting links to documents and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man. None of this was mentioned in the episode because they wanted it to sound. Just don't waste your time with that show. All right. I think it's, it's poisoning. It is poisoning the idea of truth. Truth is being killed very slowly in this world. I don't know if yeah. anybody noticed this. Uh, oh, I've seen don't, it. Don't give, don't give the executives the numbers is what I would say. Please. I don't. would like to recommend the first 24 episodes of the 2011 anime Hunter Hunter or Hunter oh, X Hunter. Hunter. X oh, Hunter. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, watch Hunter, those first 24 Hunter. then stop. It I would, it's it's shonen manga the manga. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, I call it. it that's once. exactly what it is. Uh, I would also like to thank everybody who is subscribing to this show. Thanks to you I have a new microphone on the way so I should sound better very soon. Uh, if you would like to get in on that, you can go to patreon.com slash insert credit, subscribe at any level. You get some cool uh, bonuses, like you get to ask us questions, you get uh, episodes a day early, you can pick message board colors. 
Uh, regardless of whether or not you are a subscriber, you can hang out with us at forums.insertcredit.com. Talk about weird video game stuff. Uh, Brandon might talk to you. I might read what you post and have a good time over there. You can give us a rating or review on a bunch of distributors. Uh, you could go to iTunes or Stitcher or Discord. Just say something nice. And that really helps the show with our visibility. We're looking into getting guests on soon. So if there's anyone you'd like to see on the show, why don't you tell us? You can follow us on Twitter at insert credit at Frank Zavaldi at 108 at Necrosofty and at Alex Jaffe. I am Alex Jaffe. I am Frank Zavaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. Uh, you gotta turn Brand off.